Welcome to No Matter What. I'm Hannah Seymour, and this podcast is all about being who God created you to be no matter what. No matter your past, your current circumstances, no matter your relationship status, your career journey, no matter what life throws at you. Each episode, I invite a friend to talk about what that actually looks like, to be who God created you to be no matter what. Well, season three, y'all, of No Matter What, first episode, can't believe we're here, can't believe we've done three, we are doing three seasons of No Matter What, and today, I am so excited to have a new friend in the studio with me, Tara Lee Cobble. If you don't know about Tara Lee, let me just tell you a couple things. She's the creator and host of the Bible Recap, which is probably, you do know Tara Lee, because you listen to the Bible Recap podcast. She's also the founder of D Group, and you may have heard of D Groups, and if not, we're definitely going to talk about it. D groups are an international network of weekly discipleship and accountability groups. She also hosts a daily radio show called The God Shot. This girl is not busy at all. <laughs> and she lives in my hometown, Dallas, Texas. Tara Lee, thank you for being here. I'm so glad to be here. And I, I'm so glad to see your dimples in person. <laughs> I, they're listeners. They're just as lovely as they appear on her photo. And her Instagram. Oh, you're funny. They're not photoshopped. You are funny. Okay, Tara Lee. So she has a podcast called The Bible Recap, but she is here in Nashville right now because it is a media week for her. She's promoting her new book coming out November 3rd. So this episode will release two weeks prior to November 3rd. So mm. get on those pre-order, folks. Click on your Amazon buy now list. You're going to want this book. Um, but the book is called The Bible Recap, and we will talk about it a lot more. But... I'm just so thrilled to like get to know you and to Likewise. become, you know, faraway friends. Okay. <laughs> so I want to start. I mean, I, I got to know you. Like, I need to know your story. How did you become Tara Lee Cobble? What's your background? How did we arrive to, like, how did you start creating D groups, the Bible recap? Just, just give us the whole skinny, Tara Lee. All right. <laughs> I'm from East Tennessee. So I'm a Tennessee girl. Oh, my goodness. You know, but uh, I started playing music in college. That's right. And started touring with music. And I didn't realize this until afterward, but I was really using music as an excuse to be able to talk to people between songs. Okay, that's so funny. Because I was like, oh, I have their attention. Now I can tell a story. Now I can talk oh about this thing from scripture. So I just, I started playing shows and traveling around. And that became my job pretty quickly. Just touring around America, playing colleges, conferences, churches. And was that your hope all along? Like, did you grow up, little Tara Lee is like, I'm going to do music for a living. Like, is that your... I always was writing songs from a very young age. Okay. Songwriter Um, at heart. Yeah. But I was also like writing plays and just, I was always kind of creating Uh some sort of Uh thing to communicate. Okay. And um, would sing at church and all that. Yeah. So traveling around playing... And was contacted by a publisher. They asked me about writing a book about what it's like to be an independent musician. When you write a book, people think you speak. So then I started speaking. So then I'm doing this like, um, it's music. It's it's writing. It's speaking. It's all this stuff. I'm traveling, 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 moving around the country, Nashville, New York, all these different places. And I really didn't have a lot of people to study the Bible with because I was traveling alone a lot. Yeah. And so I want, I longed for that. Like I had my, my home church when I would come back, yeah. but then I would go out on the road by myself for four months. Yeah. And so I created D group out of this desire to have people to study the Bible with that I could really connect with. And I needed it to be 
quick, deep community. Uh-huh. I didn't want to show up and just be like talking about what's happened in the week in the life of these people that I hadn't seen in four months. Yeah. I'm like, I need the Lord yeah. in community yeah. right now. Yeah. So I created this thing that was uh, intentionally designed to go deep in scripture to build rich community from being on mission to know God better. Wow. As opposed to just the frivolous details of our day. Yes. Yes. So that was, it was designed out of that space to like really be able to dig in quickly with people. So how did, I know we're kind of jumping ahead, but how did you, like, how, how is it different? I show up at a D group versus I show up at my like church community group. Mm-hmm. Like, how was my experience different? <laughs> uh, what so you're th- saying sounds great. Right, like, right, how right. Is it accomplished? Well, we, we say we set the expectations bar high, but we set the grace bar higher. So we tell them okay. like right out of the gate, there's going to be all these elements that you're not used to and they're going to make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I promise there are things you want to do yeah. and you've just never had anybody hold you to it. Yeah. So pretty quickly, we people started referring to it as the CrossFit of oh Bible gosh, studies. That is hilarious. Um, so it was this thing where it was like, okay, you, when you show up right after we start, we're going to all go around and out loud say the passage of scripture we memorized that week. Ooh, girl. And we mem- and you say it one by one, not as a whole. So you're yeah. individually responsible yeah. for what you've learned. Yeah. And we were memorizing, I mean, right now we do smaller passages of scripture, but we were memorizing, like we memorized the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7. We memorized the book of James. We memorized large chunks of scripture. I'm I'm sold. Sign me up. (laughs) I'll lead it. Perfect. (laughs) So you do that. And then we have these, you know, you meet with a prayer partner every week at D group, confession of sin, praying over each other. So some of these people had never prayed out loud. Oh, yeah. That's real. Had never confessed sin to another person. Yeah. But when you confess your sin to someone who has just confessed their sin to you, and when you're learning how to pray in front of one other person and not a whole group full of people, and it's the person who just confessed their sin to you, you know, it really levels the playing field. So we're trying to train people in spiritual disciplines that they want to have Mm -hmm. anyway. And then there's daily Bible reading, just, you know, a chapter a day, but we want to get people in the word. And then we're studying like topics of scripture and books of scripture and not just how to be a woman of grace. Not that there's anything wrong with that, yep. but yep. we want a study of the word. Yep. And then we have like a practical response to what we've learned that week so that we become doers of the word and not hearers only. And we do community projects, service projects together and things like, so we're on yeah. mission to know the Lord. And the byproduct of that is building deep, rich Fast yeah. community. Yeah, because you can't chase after the Lord with someone like on each side of your shoulder and not like link arms and right. connect with them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay, I love that. And it just like is another point towards my theory. I think almost everything people create comes stems from a pain point. Mm-hmm. It's like I have a personal pain point. I need a solution to this and I'm going to create something. So anyway, I love that. That's where yeah. D-Group, it really came out of a personal need for this. Yeah. And I, at the time, had just started reading through scripture for the first time all the way. Like, I'd yeah. been a believer my since I was like four yeah, and was in full-time ministry, but had never read through the whole Bible uh-huh. and had just started to do that and was learning so much. Yeah. And had, I was like, I have to have people to talk to yeah. about what I'm learning. Yeah. So it was this joint, like, new endeavor of knowing the Lord and then immediately going, I have to have people to do this with. I can't uh-huh. do this alone. 
What if I reach conclusions about what I'm reading in the Word that aren't right? Yeah, yeah. I need to have people to filter this through. What do you think, though, about the concept of like group think? Like if I'm struggling with a passage in Judges and I come to the table with six other people that also really don't know what to do with the passage of Judges. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. how does that... Because I, I believe that the the word is supposed to be wrestled with in community. I don't, this whole idea of a personal relationship with Jesus, I totally know where it came from. And it was trying to delineate the difference of like showing up on Sundays and that's it. Like, is this an active daily commitment that right. means something in your life? Mm-hmm. But I think we swung too far and making our faith walk so personal and individualistic. I don't. I don't really think that's how it's supposed to go right. down. Yeah. Um, but isn't like is it like the blind leading the blind? <laughs> it can be, right? <laughs> so one of the things we tell people, when you have a question that you bring to D group that you feel like you don't have an answer for, bring three resources for where you've researched this. Okay. Yeah. Where have you gone to find the answer to this yeah. and what did you find there? Yeah. And one of the things that we've built out on our website is these trusted places to go for yeah. information. That's awesome. Are a lot of them free resources? Or all, is it all, almost often? all of them, if not all of them. Okay. You're a Dallas girl. Do you know about Tom Constable from Plano Bible Church? I know of the name. I do not know him, but do I, tell me. But I need you know, to know. Okay. Free, re, free, crazy resources. Tom Constable. Dr. Constable has spent his life doing each book of the Bible. He revises them every year. Wow. So from Genesis to Revelation, and it is all of his study. It's probably like his bibliographies on each book. I mean, he's probably gone through 200 commentaries for Genesis, right? Wow. 200 for Exodus. Two, and he distills them all. He's adding quotes. He's pulling quotes from all these commentaries, all of his notes and thoughts. And they range from like, I mean, Esther being a short book is probably only 60 pages. Genesis is probably 500, you know, wow. but they're free. It's if amazing. you Google Tom Constable, the book of the Bible you want, PDF, it'll pop up. It's oh, usually attached to Plano wow. Bible Church. And it's it's like my favorite. I mean, it's academic. Like, this is not mm-hmm. an easy right. read. It's not, but if you yeah. want an amazing synthesis of like 200 other commentaries on that book of the Bible, and it's chapter by chapter, verse by verse. That's awesome. I love it's that. It's amazing. I love that. I'm really glad that I'm only just now finding out about this. <laughs> Because it'd be too much. Yeah, the, like, when I was doing the writing the Bible recap, yeah. I was reading commentaries on commentaries, yeah. on, and I was like sixteen hours of work a day for sixteen months. And so, had I known about that, I would have been pouring through thousands of pages. Yeah, you would have. It's I mean, too, it, it is too much. Okay. Yeah. Are there certain authors or certain like big picture commentaries that you just love, and that you loved in your personal I study think a for good, this book? I think a good entry level commentary is the Matthew Henry. Yeah, I think it's just, yeah. to me, that's just like a, yep. a great entry-level standard one. Yep. Um, I never personally, I haven't read all of the like Calvin commentaries on no, things. I haven't either. But anytime I hear, anytime I read something, mm-hmm. like anytime someone excerpts, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, that's so yep. good. <laughs> like, man, someday I'm yes. going to do all of that. Yes. Yes, 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 um, yes. But I, I really, I fell in love with the Faith Life Study Bible. Yep. That so is so good. great. Yes. And there's a lot of that's free on, yes. on the mm-hmm. app. On yeah. the faithlife.com or org. I don't remember. Yeah. But, but anyway. website and app. Yeah. yeah they're great. Yeah. And then I, you know, my go-to at home, my personal, like the one I uh-huh. own, the physical copy uh-huh. is the ESV yep. study Bible. Yeah. It's great. So, yep. you know, and they have a free version online, I think, that if you, oh. maybe you have to, you might have to buy, buy the, the ESV. Yeah. For like $10 probably yeah. or something. 
Yeah. I also walk through the Bible, Ken mm-hmm. Boa and yes. uh, Wilkins. I love mm-hmm. that just for, again, like big picture. It's not verse by verse. It is in five pages. Let me tell you about right. this book yeah. of the Bible. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's one of my faves to tell people about. Okay. Back to you. Okay. So you are still a traveling musician, speaker, author. Mm-hmm. You create D groups. Right. Then what happens? <laughs> <laughs> I kept traveling and doing that, doing uh, full-time touring. And then also what became very quickly full-time freelance volunteer discipleship. And D group just kept growing and kept growing and kept growing. And I thought it was going to be me and these nine women in a living room and nothing more. You started it. Were you in New York at the time? I was. I had moved to South Carolina. And within a month of moving to South Carolina was when I started D group. And I started it with people I didn't know. I just, I went to the pastor and said, do you know any people who would want to do a Bible study with me? And they sent me nine, most, I'd met one of them, I think, maybe two. And um, just, you know, like 18 to 22 year olds. And we just sat in a room together and studied the Bible. And then the next group, 10 more people wanted to join us. And then 15 more people. And then I had to do it on two nights. And then I had to do it on three nights. And then it was just, and I loved it so much. Yeah. And when I left to go on tour, I missed it. Mm. And so very quickly, I became aware that I never miss the stage when I'm at D group, but I always miss D group when I'm on the road. Uh-huh. And so I began to pray that the Lord would make a way for me to be able to do a do this for a living. Yeah. And so that took about five years. That's a bold prayer. And a long, <laughs> yeah, a long prayed prayer for sure. Yeah. And after about five years, we were able to make it my job and I was able to sort of come off the road. And then another five years into it, I'm like, we've been leading D group for almost 10 years now for like nine years at that point. And all along. So I started D group around the time I started reading the Bible. So of course, the thing I'm telling these people not reading the Bible in general in my life. I've been reading From the Bible. cover to cover. Right. Yeah. But when I would read Genesis it through Revelation. every year. Yeah. So I've been telling these people all along, like reading the Bible chronologically, it's amazing. It's amazing. But people weren't doing it. Yeah. And so I had one D group member. Her name was Anna. And Anna was like, I want to do that. I want to do that. Will you help me? And I was like, sure. And I said, you know, you know, the thing that helped me was there was a pastor who challenged me to do it. And he offered to answer the questions that I had along the way. So... If you have any questions along the way, text me, call me, vox me, whatever. We'll, yeah. we'll chat, you know? Yeah. And truly, that was what kept me going, was that that pastor was answering my questions oh, along yeah, the way. That. Yeah. Because if I don't understand what I'm reading, yeah. I'm going to stop real quick. And the Old Testament is hard. Uh-huh. The New yeah. Testament's hard, too. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And so, especially when you're complete, you have no idea what is happening in a far near Eastern culture, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, far near, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, both. That's right. um, so I started answering her questions along the way. And she, in September of 2018, so she started in January, in September of 2018, she was like, I can't believe I'm about to finish the Old Testament. This is crazy. I never dreamed I would be about to finish the Old Testament. Couldn't have done it without you. Yeah. And I thought, how do I do this for more people? Mm-hmm. How do I get more people? Because I've been trying to do it all along, but because yeah. I like kind of held her hand through it, like he held my hand through it. Yep. How do I hold the hand of so many other people? Yep. And I immediately, I was like, I can do a daily podcast mm-hmm. with the daily Bible reading that answers all the questions that I've had over a decade of reading. Yeah. So I had all these journals with yeah. all these questions that I'd written down, like, 
I don't understand this or what does this mean? And then I would write down what I thought it might mean and then I would go do research and I'd mark out what I thought it meant and would write down what, totally. I, what I realized it meant. Yeah. So that was how the idea for the podcast was born and we launched in January 2019. That is crazy. And three weeks into January it was when this publisher contacted me and said, we want to turn this into a book. So... Here almost, we are. yeah, yeah, almost two <laughs> years later. 2020, <laughs> yeah, this book is about to come out November 3rd. Okay, uh, I have a lot of questions, but before we go into the specifics about the book and just reading scripture from Genesis to Revelation in general, you know that most episodes I'm talking to a friend or an author or whatever, mm-hmm. and we're talking about a specific personal hardship, a season that they had to journey through where they really had to ask themselves the question, Am I going to be who God has created me to be? no matter what? Am Mm -hmm. I still going to serve God no matter what? Am I going to trust in his goodness no matter what? Mm -hmm. And so I would love to hear about a time from you where you were, it was a season of hardship. You're grappling Mm -hmm. with those kinds of questions, but you like specifically, how did reading the Bible and studying scripture impact the way that you journeyed through that hardship? Wow. Yeah. So the year that I started reading through the Bible, yeah, when I moved to South Carolina, there was a, I had lived in New York City prior to that, which is, there is concrete in my veins. I love uh, New York City <laughs> so, funny. so much. I love it. And yeah. so when I had to leave it, I'm in full-time ministry, I'm serving the Lord with my life, I'm doing all the things that they say single people should do, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, you're making me leave New York because you're taking me to my husband, right? Uh, uh-huh. This yeah. is my reward for following yes. you with my life. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then I get to South Carolina and I meet a guy yeah. that I was like, oh, Lord, you were so kind yeah. to bring me here. Thank yeah. you, Lord. Yeah. This is the first year I'm reading through the Bible, you know, yeah. and I'm like, this is amazing. Just, yeah. And then it fell apart. Yeah. And pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, and I was devastated and I, there was a moment where I felt like the Lord, you know, where I had said like, this is, this is my reward for following you with my life. And I felt like the Lord was like, I am your reward for following me with your life. And I just wrestled with that because the God I was seeing as I was reading through scripture the first time, and I'm, I'm learning all these things, Hannah, that I, I felt like I didn't know him. I was like, you're taking the city from me. You're taking this man from me. And you're leaving me with this version of you that I'm just now learning about for the first time that I'm not even sure I like. Yeah. I don't. And so, you know, like, is it worth it to, am I going to do this thing? Am I going to follow God with my life? And I was like, I don't know. And I'm in full-time ministry. Yeah. I legitimately was like, I'm going to go be a barista or something because I don't know that I like this God that I'm learning about. Yeah. My first trip to scripture was hard mm. because there were verses I had snatched out of context. And I realized when I read them in context that they don't mean what oh, I thought they were going to mean. I know. Right? <laughs> I know. And you're just like, I felt like everyone had been lying to me. Yeah. All the the worship leaders and pastors and the people that I had listened to had been feeding me this line. I know. And tricking me. I know. And so then I had to really go learn who God really was. And then I'm ashamed because I'm like, I've been misleading all these people that I've been speaking to. Mm. 
And then I haven't read the whole, like, there's just so many layers of, like, frustration and wow. disorientation and shame and fear. Okay, what did you do? I mean, how did you get through this? <sighs> Where did you find comfort? Where did you find help? I talked to my mentors. Yeah. And my mentors said to me, press in. This is the part where you want to back away. You want to think he's, he's disappointing. God is disappointing. Yeah. God is a letdown. Yeah. God isn't who I thought he was. Lean in. Yeah. The good stuff is on the other side of the struggle. Yeah. And one mentor even said to me, you know that stuff you don't like about God? Keep looking for that. It's in more than just that one chapter. Mm. And see what you learn about his character. Mm -hmm. Why does he do the things he does? Mm -hmm. What motivates him to do what he does? So don't just look at his actions. Look at his heart behind it. Look at what he says and look at what he does. And then look, you know, all of those things. Yeah. So I was like, here we go again. Round two of reading through the Bible. So the second time, I fell in love with him. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just... He met me in my brokenness and he revealed himself to me and I saw a gentleness and a tenderness and a patience with me for all the accusatory things I had said about him in the past six months. Mm -hmm. And he just was so patient and gentle with me. Mm -hmm. And that second trip through was what changed me. Wow. So a few years later... After I had been through scripture several more times, I had a one-year period where if we take 18 months, we have my brother being burned in an explosion over large portions of his body and being in a burn unit. And then six months later, my sister dying of brain cancer. And then three months later, me finding out I needed open heart surgery, Mm -mm. which to fix a birth defect. And then when they go in to fix that birth defect, they realize, oh, there's another birth defect that we had not previously detected that we are going to have to fix as soon as you get better from this one. So I go back in. I was electrocuted in that second surgery. No. Had an open wound for four months. Um, and then had a, just giant relational trauma shortly after that. It was this, un, I mean, there was no area of my life that wasn't and touched. And that season had to make the season where you like lost the guy and moved like right. pale in comparison, <laughs> right. Right? Oh, absolutely yeah absolutely yeah, you're like i'll do that i'll relive that yeah. 10 times over and absolutely live this mm-hmm. and that time the lord was just my life raft wow every it just did not matter what you threw at me it didn't matter what you threw at me the lord was good mm-hmm. His love was near, his love was dense and rich and thick, and nothing could shake my confidence in him. Wow. Nothing. Wow. Because I had spent all that time with him showing me who he is. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There was no threat of you believing lies about God that your experiences were telling you. Right. Because that's, I think, every Christian's journey and decision over and over and over. Am Mm -hmm. I going to let my circumstances lie to me about who God is, right? or am I going to know and believe and trust him at his word that he is who he says he is? And am I going to spend the time to like get to know him? Right. Because we all have, we all have this Bible. Like mm-hmm. some of us, I probably have 20 hard copies in my home. That might yeah. be an underestimation. <laughs> we all have it on our phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally we all have a Bible in the back of our pocket. 
Mm-hmm. But most of us are not spending, I'm not, I'm not trying to say this out of like guilt or shame or like, Oh, you're like, it's just, it takes effort mm-hmm. and it's hard mm-hmm. and challenging and overwhelming and intimidating. Yeah. Just like everything good worth doing. Ooh. Right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I mean, you're married. Yeah. You're a mom. Yeah. Those are hard. Yeah, they're hard things. Things. <laughs> they're hard hard things. things. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Okay. So dedicating your life essentially to reading the Bible over and over and over chronologically has changed you. Mm-hmm. Practically, how has it changed you? I have more joy. Mm. I would say that's the most practical thing is there is an unshakable confidence in who the Lord is and who he has shown himself to be mm-hmm. in scripture and in my life. Mm-hmm. That's the most noticeable way. Yeah. I've also seen, this was surprising to me. I think probably most people who grow up in church, regardless of the denomination, grow up with some sort of do-ism. Totally. And so... I know a lot of people feel like they're doing the, they're trying to do things to earn God's love or earn God's favor. My parents were always fantastic about training us that like, that is granted to you fully in Christ. Mm -hmm. You are not trying to, you have all the favor you can ever, like that's it. Yeah, that's good. And so I was never trying to earn God's love. I always felt like God loved me. Uh My question was, do I, do I love him? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, And so I, but I still wanted to do these things because I knew they were the right thing to do. Totally. You know? Yeah, Totally. And so one of the other ways that I've really noticed things change for me is that by spending time in his word, by getting to know him, I've started to become like him in ways that I had always tried to be before, but was forcing. Uh-huh. And so um, like huh. the beautiful things about him that I've been beholding, yeah. I'm starting to, he's, he's forming those things in me. Yeah. Like his spirit is at work in me. And so like I'm in traffic and I don't, I used to be like, okay, calm down, be patient. The Lord is patient with you. And I would like coach myself with that. And now I I will respond in a way and then be surprised at how I responded. Like not in the bad way, but like, oh yeah, come on over. Sure. Uh And then I'm like, wait, who was that? I don't know (laughs) why. uh, I don't know why I just responded that way. That was very weird and very unlike me. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Like, oh, that's the Lord. Yes. That's him. Working, you know, to will and to work according to his good pleasure. Yes. That's what he's doing yes. in me. Yes. So that's the other thing I've noticed is like, sometimes I don't recognize myself. Yeah. Sometimes I really do. Like, I really yeah, still, you know. Of course. Yeah. But <laughs> but course. sometimes I'm like, that was you. Look at you showing off. Holy Spirit. <laughs> you can change lives. Yeah. You can change hearts. <laughs> I had a similar experience. I uh, There are two small group Bible study experiences I've had over... I mean, essentially like 36 years of being in them, basically. Um, And both were extremely different. But one was in D.C. with a ton of young professionals and then two adults, as I like to call them, because even though we were young professionals, we I did not think I was an adult. And so it was, you know, a couple in their 50s who led all of us crazy young single young professionals. And we did a study on the fruit of the spirit. And. I remember I was the most convicted about my road rage. I mean, I lived in DC. Like I, and so anyway, but I over the time and not out of my effort, I mean, it was really crazy, but the same thing happened to me where I all of a sudden was like, instead of like slamming on my horn and probably screaming a profanity, I was like, you must be in a hurry. Just go right ahead. You're, you were in a rush or like, Oh, you, you know, like it just, it was like automatic compassion for people around me. And I was like, who am I? I don't, I do not recognize you. 
Hey friends, I want to interrupt this conversation just for a second to tell you about my 25-day Bible book reading plans. In the fall of 2019, I was coming out of a fog after having two boys under two, and I was struggling to find a new rhythm of morning Bible study and solitude. And I thought maybe I could just choose one book of the Bible and try to read and study that one book as much as possible for one month. No intense workbooks, no schedules, nothing I had to follow, just the goal of reading and studying that one book as much as I was able, whether it was five minutes a day or 60 minutes a day. Well, fast forward, that ended up turning into this plan that I've started creating called the 25 Days In. I have a 25 days in Genesis, Mark, Revelation, the letters of John, and Esther. And all it is is a guide to help you spend time in God's Word and think about how it applies to your life today this month. It matters. If you would spend just a little bit of intentional time every day in God's word, it will make a radical difference in your life. But this plan is flexible. There's no judgment. It might take you 50 days to get through a 25 day plan. And that is okay. You can learn more at my website, hannahseymour.com. You end every Bible recap episode saying he is where the joy is. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. <laughs> uh, you know, David said it best in Psalm sixteen eleven: in your presence, there is fullness of joy at your right hand. There are pleasures forevermore, like fullness of joy forevermore. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mean, that's it. Uh-huh. And I am, I'm driven and I, I, we all are, I believe dri- driven to what brings us joy. Yeah. What is the least painful yeah. and the most yeah. also delightful. Enneagram seven. So you are yeah, that's true. <laughs> more than most. But, but who yeah. is the but yeah. um who, there is a philosopher, his name is escaping me, but he talks about how ev- all of us, even the person who dies by suicide, does it because they believe that that is where the greater joy. joy. Wow. And so I used to live my life based on scripture because I knew it was true. Mm-hmm. But man, the truth doesn't always incite joy. No. And so you do it out of obligation. Yeah. Or maybe you just don't do it and then you feel bad about it. Like the speed limit. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, that's the speed limit. I don't care. Nobody's watching. Yeah. You know? And so I wanted to remind the reader or the listener or myself what this is all about. Mm -hmm. That every day looking for What's beautiful about God in this passage? Not just what's true, but what's beautiful here? Because that beauty will draw you in. So that's why. I love that. Man, I love that. Okay, you talk about reading chronologically. Do you mean Genesis to Revelation? Or do you mean this whole, like, Job to... Yeah, Gen- mm-hmm. Ge- a little bit of Genesis, a little bit of Job. So uh-huh. we, don't, we don't read canonically uh-huh. um, because, you know, it's laid out like a library. Yeah. And humans are story people. We like stories. Yeah. We're drawn to stories. Yeah. And so I wanted to read it and understand the meta narrative yeah. of how this is happening yeah. and God following this this group of people yeah. all over, you know, from the wilderness into Jerusalem and then out into exile, then back in. And I wanted to follow just the whole storyline. Yeah. Because I knew that that would reveal more of who he is to me if I can see how he behaves around these people mm-hmm. for all this time. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I love that I mean the the example that that I noticed first when I was reading through chronologically yeah. was when when you're in like chronicles and kings and you then you go over to psalms yes. and so you're seeing like oh 
King David's being or David is being pursued by King Saul. Yeah. And then you go over and you read these Psalms that David has yes. written, like asking God to protect him. Yeah. And then David does this horrible thing with Bathsheba and Uriah. And you go over and you read the Psalm of Repentance that yeah. he writes. Yeah. And so I'm seeing like, oh, that's how that fits together. And this Psalm has so much more richness now yeah. when I see what it was birthed out of. Yeah. So yeah. that was when I really began to love it. Yeah. You, in your book, talk about three mistakes people often make when studying scripture. Mm -hmm. Tell us. So my first mistake is I'm looking for myself oh. in scripture. Oh, yes. Preach. <laughs> looking Here for... right. Step up on it. Please, go ahead. I mean, it's so natural to look for ourselves in scripture, right? I know. I know. And I was always looking for my to-do list. Like some people look for their to-do list to please God, to make him yeah. love them. But I was looking for a to-do list because I wanted God to give me what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I thought, if I do what you want, then you'll do what I want. That's right. Yeah. Because one of the verses that had been plucked out of its context to make it mean what, you know, I wanted it to mean was Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, look, I'm delighting myself in you. Yeah. Right. So, okay, uh, so let's now take a, your turn. Let's take a pause there because a lot of people are going, well, Yeah. Delight myself in the Lord, and he, He's going to give me the desires of my heart. Mm -hmm. And God has given me the desire to get married and have babies. So He's so I, He's going to give me that desire, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. What, Tara Lee? What does that verse mean? <laughs> if it doesn't mean that, right? Um, there are two interesting lenses on this verse that I think were really helpful to me. Yeah. And one, the first is just the most basic. If we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, yeah. what is the desire of our heart? Yeah. The Lord. The Lord. Yeah. The second would be, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, if we lean into the things of the Lord, we will find our desires transformed by the, he will put the actual desires in you for the desires, right things. Yes. His desires. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is not a, it's not a token that we turn in to get what we want. But then how do I know if it's my desire or his desire? Oh, that's a good question. You know, and then that's something that a lot of people, I think it's a fair thing to wrestle with. Yeah. And I think it's fair to not expect an answer mm -hmm. in, you know, the minute that I pray it for him to be like yeah. giving me uh, yeah. some kind of sign right yeah. away. Let me tell you right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I, you know, I'm single and I speak a lot about, I'm intentionally single at this point. So yeah. I'm, I've chosen singleness, yeah. even though it's not my desire. Yeah. I've chosen it because I've seen that it's what he is doing in my life. Mm. It's what he is blessing in my yeah. life. So I'm like, never wanted this, but okay, let's yeah. go. If this is where you want yeah. me I'm, right I'm now, in. then I'm here. Yeah. yeah. So I hear this prayer a lot of, okay, Lord, just give me what I want or take away the desire. Yes. Well, yes. Which, you know, it sounds great. Know we've and, operated. I've right. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think there's anything wrong with real, like we want our desires to honor God. But yeah. I, for me, when I prayed that prayer, it was, I don't want to have to deal with the tension of unmet desires. Ooh. Yeah. I don't want to have to have anything to surrender to you. Yeah. That prayer essentially for Ooh. me was give me what I want or give me what I want. Make me comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And it was never this willingness to go, I'm going to continually lay this on the altar. I'm going to. Like Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, yeah. Tara Lee. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I think that to me, when it was like, is it is it what I want or is it what God wants? It doesn't really matter. What he's given me right now is singleness. Mm -hmm. So what matters is what he's given me right now. Yeah. And that's what I have to lean into. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just had a conversation with Dr. Deb Gorton. She's a Moody professor. She's chair of their counseling of like the Gary Chapman counseling program they have. And she just wrote a book and in it, there's a whole chapter about radical acceptance. And it's this idea of like radically accepting the season that we're in, what Mm -hmm. our circumstances are. It doesn't dismiss your feelings. It doesn't make your feelings go away. Like you can be sad that you move to a new city and you have no friends, but the acceptance piece is like, I'm in a new city. And right. the, and then it's unpacking, not her words, I'm putting my lens on it, but like, okay, how do I be who God created me to be yes. in this circumstance? In a circumstance mm-hmm. that I don't like and I don't want. And it is okay for me to be sad or lonely or disappointed or frustrated because God can handle it. Yeah. But I'm going to radically accept <laughs> and like put one foot in front of the other and to steal from our friend Emily to do the next right thing, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I what I tried to step into yeah. was singleness is what you're doing in my life. Yeah, so I'm going to stop fighting you about it. Yeah, I'm just going to be about it. Yeah. So yeah, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so back to the three mistakes. So number one, we look for ourselves in scripture. Right. Instead of looking for who God is. So yes. those things of like looking for the character of God. The second mistake was disregarding context. Mm. Who wrote this? Who did they write it to? When did they write it? Those What's kinds of things. going on? Right. Yeah. I had none of that information. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to understand it. Probably didn't think I could understand mm-hmm. it. So for me, learning about the context was in some ways a labor of love, but very quickly it became engaging mm-hmm. because again, story. Yeah. Were you naturally a student? Like, do you love to read and learn and not really? With? Yeah. Okay. Not really. I love that. <laughs> I love I think that's so encouraging to folks who mm-hmm. feel the same. Cause it's one thing for like, like I'm totally a school nerd. I'm like, give me all the books. I'll read all the commentaries. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's just how I'm wired. But a right. lot of people aren't wired that mm-hmm. way. And, and I, have seen over and over. I'm not going to say this is like, again, if we do X, Y, it doesn't mean God does Z ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is not a formulaic God, but (laughs) I have seen so many times people who decide, okay, I'm going to do this. This is not my bent. Mm -hmm. I don't love reading. I don't love studying. I don't love learning. But when people do it with God's word and trying to understand who God is, his bigger story and plan, God gives them a love and an aptitude for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm truly driven, not by not like knowledge really does stir up my love. Mm. Um, but I'm driven by joy. I, I want, I, I'm That's after amazing. the joy. That's I what I that. want. And so I can't have a joy in something I don't understand. Like yeah. I told you, I love, I love New York city. Yeah. First time I went there, hated it. <laughs> I didn't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And so somebody explained the grid system to me and how the avenues and the streets work. And like, yeah. now I understand how to navigate. I sort of have my bearings here. Yes. Now I get it. Yes. Okay. Now I'm learning. And just as you learn more, yeah. it opens up your capacity to love more. Yeah. And it's why people, you know, they, they love their baby when their baby's first born. But then when they're like older, they're like, I love you more every day. Like yes. I didn't know I could love you this yes. much. And I, you know, like the more you learn about the, you see the personality coming yes. to life and you learn the skill sets and the preferences and yeah. the Lord is a person. Right. He's a God is a person. Right. So learning the context of the story that he was telling in scripture. Yes opened up my ability to love him more. Yeah. I have to think about that and fight for that a lot because I am a person, like I love knowledge. And Mm -hmm. I learned, I'll say like in my adult years early on that 
I was acquiring biblical knowledge for knowledge sake. Mm -hmm. And it was not fueling my love for the Lord. It was not fueling my intimacy with the, like all these things realizing like, no, 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 I was created for relationship, Mm -hmm. not to know things. Right. And knowledge does not necessarily transform hearts. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is not like, it, it can it's part of it, uh-huh. but it, it, but yeah. anyway, so Satan knows scripture very well. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm going to maybe try that lens. Um, Tara <laughs> Lee of love looking for the joy. How does this increase? How do I see the beauty of the Lord in this? Okay. And then, so what's the third mistake? Third major mistake was drawing conclusions before I had all the information oh, because yeah. I am an impatient person. Yeah. So I want to understand why you did this or what happened here or how could you say that? And yeah. I needed an answer right away. Yeah. And sometimes a question you have in Leviticus isn't answered until Hebrews, and that's a while. Uh-huh. And so I was so tempted to draw conclusions before I'd read the whole thing. Yeah. And it's so funny how, I mean, I have notes all in the margins of my Bible. If you were to flip through, you would see so many places where I've marked things out mm. because the first time through or the second, you know, whatever, and I would have reached a conclusion. I'm like, oh, this is why this is happening. Yeah. Oh, this is what this means. Yeah. And then as I continued reading, I'd be like, okay, I got to go back and find where I made that note because that was totally wrong. And so I think especially first and second trip through when you're trying to get to know the character of God for the first time. Yeah. And I tell, you know, I tell people two trips through, you're going to have a much better grasp on things because it's kind of like, have you ever seen that movie, The Sixth Sense? Oh, yeah. Many times, actually. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I hope I'm not ruining this for anybody. I think it came out like 20 Spoiler years ago or something like yeah. that. But, you know, at the end, you find out Bruce Willis has been dead the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And so then you want to go back and watch the whole thing over again yes. so that you can see it through yes. that lens of the way it truly is. Yes. And I think there are things about God that you don't understand until mm. you've read the whole breadth of scripture. And then when you go back and you read the rest of it, understanding who he is. Yeah. That's when things start to fall in place. Now, I can say that because that was my experience. It may not be everyone's experience. I understand. But I have seen that happen a lot. lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's funny. And to take that analogy further, which is probably never a good thing to do with analogies, but uh, if you have a weird father like I do, who my dad is like a total film buff and gets like super into rabbit holes into films and learns (laughs) everything there possibly is to know. So I literally, I bet I've watched Sixth Sense at least a dozen times. Oh my okay? goodness. Because, but like my dad, like he's like, watch how they use the color red. They introduce, like there's all these Whoa. like crazy intricacies to that movie. Cause M night Shyamalan is also brilliant. weird like that. Yeah. And bri- yeah. Brilliant's a better mm-hmm. word than weird. Uh, also for my father, <laughs> brilliant would be a better choice than weird, but he's both. Um, Anyway, like, I mean, you discover and see new things like every time you watch it. I mean, there's so many details. Mm -hmm. And one of the most amazing things about the Bible is I could be 99 and still in my reading that morning go, I've never seen that. I love it so much. And I mean, aren't we glad? Because how (laughs) small of a God would we have if we could just like get it the first time? Mm -hmm. And you know what? I've read from Genesis to Revelation and... I got it. It's good. I know everything there is to know. I understand this God. I understand his story. (laughs) Yeah. But it's so complex. There's so much depth. Mm -hmm. And while, again, that can be intimidating on the beginning side of it, Mm -hmm. as you've traveled through it over and over and over and over, hopefully for like decades of your life, you discover it's just this amazing like treasure trove Mm -hmm. of goodness. And at first I thought that would be frustrating Mm -hmm. that it, that just this depth I could never plumb. Yeah. Like, no, I want to know all of the things after the first trip through. Yeah. I want to check that box. Yeah. 
But then after I started to realize like, oh, this is a real, I want this to go on forever. Yeah. Because this relationship is a turn, this is a relationship, not a box to check, not a bucket list item. Yeah. And so I don't want to ever get bored with you. So yeah. I, my heart needs to keep learning things about the Lord yeah. and having that delight of yes. discovery. Yes. Yes. Because if he just can, if I'd never learn any new things about him, that is kind of boring to yeah. me. Yeah. I always want something new and exciting. Yeah. And he always is. Yeah. How does the Bible recap podcast and book help folks read the Bible? So we take what you read that day for the person, for the listener who's ever closed your Bible and thought like, what did I just read? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or why is that important? Or yeah. why would God say that? Or I don't like that. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. What we've done is we've got an eight-minute podcast. So you do your, you know, the chronological Bible reading plan has you reading about 12 minutes a day on average. Yeah. So 12 minutes-ish of Bible reading, then an eight-minute podcast. So in 20 minutes a day, 1% of your day, you read the chapters, and then I tell you what you just read. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, here's what you just read. Here's what was important. Hey, maybe you didn't notice this, but here's what that means. Go back and look at it. Here's something in the show notes in case you want to dig deeper. Yeah. Things like that yeah. to help give people that context uh-huh. that they maybe weren't aware of yep. to maybe answer some of the questions that they haven't gotten far enough along to answer yet yep. and to help them look for God, to help them of every day. I'm working to help them avoid those three mistakes that I made mm. to show them to look for God, to help them get the context yep. and to help answer the questions that they're having along the way. Yep. And so every day we end with the God shot, which is the snapshot yep. of God's character from that day. Just as a refresher, hey, just a reminder, you're not here to get a to-do list. You're not here for an application point. You're here to behold the living God and learn his character. Wow. So we pull something from the text to reveal God's character, to wrap up that day, and to train people how to, it's a training program. Yeah. To train them how to look for God in scripture. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we hope to help people fall in love with the word. Okay, what is your elevator pitch to someone to like convince them it is worth it to read <laughs> Listen, the Bible in its entirety? I would say open up the reviews on Apple iTunes <laughs> and, so and let it come from the listeners' mouths. <laughs> Go read those reviews because you're going to find somebody whose story is like yours and you'll find it really quickly. Somebody who is like, I've been in church my whole life, never understood any of this, or I've tried a million, I've tried so many times and I'm so frustrated with my failure, mm. or the person who said, it took me two years to do this. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing. You know, like yeah. we don't, I know you have a, you have the Bible reading thing too. And yeah. you just, you do by days. You yeah. don't, or not like it's a date that you have to do it yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. we have people starting every, every day is day one for someone. Yep. And yep. for some people, it takes them longer than a year. Yep. And I say every day that you're in God's word, you're right on time. Amen. And we have story after story of people who say, I'm like, you know, six weeks behind, but this day's reading happened precisely mm-hmm where I needed it in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like the sovereignty of God over yeah. your quote unquote delays. Yeah. yeah. He's meeting you in the precise space Amen. that you're in. Amen. My dad often says like, when it comes to reading the Bible, it's not that you have to, it's that you get to, it's not mm-hmm. that you should, it's that you have the opportunity to, mm-hmm. I mean, and reframing our minds. And I think for some folks, it's like, well, I, I literally haven't opened my Bible and read it outside of like being at church mm-hmm. and I don't know, months, years, whatever, it, mm-hmm. it seems daunting to start with this idea of like, why don't you just start for five minutes tomorrow? Yeah. And why don't, like, like start small and see how God, I really do believe 
God will fuel you and give you a love and desire. And not always, right? Like, I mean, there are definitely seasons in my life where I'm like, Lord, I do not feel like this. I am not, (laughs) you know, like, but I also don't, I learned again at an early age, at least in my adult years, like I don't want to show up just to check a box. Right. So if that means that I need to just sit in your presence Mm -hmm. and like pray and try to fellowship with you and not like check off a box of doing my Mm-hmm. Genesis 25 to 29 chapter reading like <laughs> that's that's okay too right. because the goal is fellowship and intimacy with your mm-hmm. creator not with achieving something checking mm-hmm. a box knowledge right. for sake of knowledge right whatever yeah um of course we're talking about like the word but we always talk about a specific passage or verse in scripture that has usually we're talking about in a season of hardship like one mm-hmm. that this person really clung to so Maybe just for your life for the last 10 years, is there a specific passage that you just come back to over and over and over that's, that you hang your hat on? Yes. Psalm 145, 17. Mm. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind mm. in all his works. Wow. He's not just doing what's right and good and best. He's doing what's kind. Yeah. Like his heart is kind yeah. in everything I lost. Yeah. His kindness, his nearness. It's just what I saw as cruelty before I recognize as kindness now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Something we talk about a lot in the show came from Paige Brown, who is a Bible teacher in the Nashville area. She's actually incredible. And if y'all are listening to this now, I don't know how long she's doing revelation, but some of her revelation teaching, she is like, like Tim Keller has said, she is one of his favorite Bible teachers of all time, but she's not on anything. You can't find, like, she's not on social (laughs) media. She is not digitally available. She doesn't record her teaching. Like she literally is like, go there. You have to see her in person, but because of COVID they've been recording it and releasing it for the week. And then they take it down. I mean, I'm like, Paige, just give the people what they want. Oh my goodness. Um, I know. She's so funny. But so, I mean, you could, you might be able to find her teaching on Revelation right now, but it's, it's like literally up for five days and then they pull it down. Anyway, the point is she wrote something years and years ago that I've really carried with me. And essentially the idea is God cannot be any less good to you today than he was on Good Friday. Like mm-hmm. his goodness is at full time supernatural capacity and And so like, that's nice to think like, okay, like on a random Tuesday versus Good Friday, he's always good. But like, okay, no, no, no. Let's talk about in your darkest season when you felt like everything was going the wrong, not just you, nothing was going the right way. Everything was going the (laughs) wrong way. You're exhausted. You're angry. You're depressed. You're what, I mean, whatever the darkest hole you've ever been in. It is cosmically impossible for him to be less good to you in that moment Mm -hmm. than he was on the day that he, that Jesus submitted his life on the cross. Okay. Like, yes. And, and then we also kind of go from there on the show and talk a lot about like, if God hasn't, if you are desperately praying for something, you might be desiring good thing again, like you're like desperate to get pregnant. That's not a bad desire. It's a good desire. But if he hasn't given it to you today, it means it's not good for you today. Right. He withholds no good thing, mm-hmm. right? From those who have been right. called according to his purpose. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. That, that's a soapbox for me that I <laughs> move it's it aside. Kind of, this is another thing we aside. have in common mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's, I actually just did a talk called God's Kindest Answer. Mm-hmm. And it's about how no is sometimes God's kindest answer. Yeah. That God's no and my good desire can yeah. coexist. Yeah. Yeah. Something else I just picked up from Annie Downs is like, you can, you can want what you want, 
and, and still pray Thy will be done. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to go to the Lord and say this, Lord, this is what I want. And yet Mm -hmm. like, that's what Jesus did, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Could you take this cup for me? But thy will will be be done. done. Yep. (sighs) Okay. Jesus got to know. David got to know. Paul got to know. Yeah. Lots like of you're in good company. Yeah. If you get a no. My grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Final question. What is the one thing that you just long for every believer to know, to understand, to apply, to get? I mean, he's where the joy is. <laughs> of course, that's what you're going to say, Jerry. <laughs> I mean, truly though, right. it's like, it's like you're trying to, I mean, it really is the, the C.S. Lewis thing of like, you know, a kids making mud pies and they don't understand the, the beauty of like a day at the beach. Yeah. Yeah. That That is what God bless yeah. the years I spent in just reading daily devotionals and thinking that was like yes. Where, yes. what the meat of knowing yes. him. Yes. I was being robbed. Yeah. I was robbing myself yeah. of, I was, all I had was a secondhand relationship with him. Yeah. That was it. I wasn't actually seeing in his word who he says he is. Yeah. And so I'm so grateful that we have his word. Like people died so that we could have his word. He sure did. And he has been faithful to bring it to us. Mm-hmm. And you have 20 of them. I really <laughs> you know? do. And so, I mean, anybody who's listening to this podcast right now has access, has access yeah. to the word yeah. and has time to read the word. True. You know, if they're listening yeah. to this podcast, yeah. they've got time. Yeah. And if you just have to put the Bible app on play while you are in the shower or on your commute or whatever, like yeah. get it yeah. in your body. And and there's no shame. Like maybe you're an auditory learner. Yep. Yep. Totally. And so get after it because there is joy in this that you do not know. There is love to be like found in this. The Lord's love, the Lord's provision, the yeah. Lord, all of that. You'll never tap into the depth of it until you tap into his word. You just won't. Yeah. So good. Y'all go get yourself. This this is releasing two weeks before the launch date, but November 2nd, the Bible recap book comes out. Buy it for yourself. Buy it for Christmas presents. Buy it for everyone you know. But seriously, I mean, and start, if you want to start November 2nd, you can. I love that. It's just Uh day one. Every day is day one. If you want to make it a 2021 goal, go for it, but cannot encourage you enough. Y'all know this is for sure one of my soapboxes that (laughs) you can read the word understand it, apply it to your life, and it will make all the difference. And what an incredible tool and resource to help us along that journey. The Bible Recap. Tara Lee, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I've loved every minute of it. Oh man, me too. Just staring at your dimples. (laughs) Keep it up. Been trying to make you smile the whole time. So I can see the dimples all over again. (laughs) They're real, you guys. Oh, you're so funny. You're so funny. (laughs) Before you go, I want to remind you about my book, The College Girl Survival Guide. If you have a college girl in your life that you want to encourage and love on, grab a copy of this book and send it to her with a handwritten note. I wrote The College Girl Survival Guide from my 10 plus years of mentoring and guiding over thousands of college women as I helped them navigate the transition from high school through college and beyond. This book is a culmination of all of those conversations and relationships, emails, and heart to hearts, and it 
contains the answers to the top 52 concerns of college women today. It's real, it's biblically based, and it's designed to help college women not only make the most of their college experience, but create habits that will propel them into their 20s and beyond. You can find the College Girl Survival Guide anywhere books are sold online, or if you'd like a personalized copy that's signed by me and includes an art print that she can hang in her dorm room or apartment, you can buy it at hannahseymour.com.